Hello there and welcome to this Human Life Podcast. My name is Melissa Sanova and this is the, what have I been calling it, the hybrid podcast slash audiobook, which is the partner to the book, This Human. And we've actually been progressively reading through the book over the last seven to eight months and with weekly episodes dropping as I read a few pages and expand on the content by telling stories. And last episode was actually the final episode of that series because it was the last little bit of chapter seven. And uh, this episode is a bit of a bonus episode because, you know, I hinted at perhaps exposing the organizing framework of the book. And in the last few pages of the book, there's a sort of little additional section called A Word on Flow, which starts on page 202. Um, And for those of you who are interested, I thought I might share the actual process of coming up with some sort of a framework to be able to organize all of the thoughts that came together to be able to create this book. And it was it was interesting because I wrote this book in 2016. So it's almost, you know, it's four years or five years ago now. And I had made a design decision then to make the organizing framework implicit. So to not talk about it and to make it obvious. And since then, people have asked me about how I did organize my thoughts because the book feels a little bit different. So I thought I might share that with you in this episode. So one of my ongoing interests and loves, I guess, outside of design has been all all sorts of philosophy and ancient wisdom. So I'm really interested in, you know, all the traditions, Western, Eastern, that I know of that inform the myths and the mythology that are still active in the way that we perceive of, you know, good and bad and right and wrong and what a hero looks like and what an anti-hero looks like and and all of that sort of stuff. And I became really fascinated with energy systems, you know, from, again, lots of different traditions. So I was interested in Kabbalah, in the Tree of Life, from the Judaic tradition, and then also the chakra system, which, of course, originates in India. And I found that I was reading more and more about the chakra system. I did, I guess you could call it research. It was really just me learning for about three years. And I can put some references in the show notes about some of the, um, and they're in the book, actually. The references are in the book. It's a bit of a giveaway. And uh, what I found was the, the chakra system created this really beautiful framework for me to actually conceive of design. And that's what this back section is actually about. It talks about energy flow. I've always noticed and been quite acutely attuned to how something feels, the energy in the room, the way that a process feels, even to the point of designing workshops. I typically approach it as a series of breaths. So at this point, we're inhaling, at this point, we're exhaling. And that was the framework that I used to be able to curate the the, the tools and the and the activities and stuff that we, we took a group of people through. So that's very much a, you know, I guess an idiosyncratic approach that I have to doing the work around human-centered design, but also describes why I've been really interested in what it actually takes to be the person who does this work. Um, because there's so much more going on than just, you know, post-its and butcher's paper and sharpies and fun activities and lego and and all that kind of stuff so this final section is again an implicit nod 
to the chakra system and the way that they refer to the way energy flows through those centers. So I don't want this episode to be about the chakra system. If you're really, really interested in that energy system and probably came across it if you had have had anything to do with yoga at all. And uh, But basically there's two different flow directions, shall we say. There's a direction of flow that goes from the the base chakra all the way up to your crown chakra and that's called the flow of liberation and there's a descending flow which goes the opposite direction from the top to the bottom and that's called the flow of manifestation where you actually just sort of bring things into the world and of course that became very fascinating for me where a lot of a lot of attention is actually on the flow of liberation because it also is the flow of enlightenment and connection to spirit and connection to, you know, whatever your belief system may allow, you know, God or universal energies or earthly energies, whatever that might be for you. But I'm really interested in the flow of manifestation where you go from this point of inspiration, wherever that came from, your imagination, you know, a source external to yours, yourself, which again is is up for debate maybe i need to start a philosophy channel but anyway and you go from that state into actually delivering something into the world to actually bringing it into this realm and that to me felt like design so i after learning about the 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 seven major chakras you'll notice that there's seven chapters and you'll also notice that the um, book is color-coded in those seven chapters so they are actually the colors of the um, associated with each of the chakras starting from the crown and ending at the root chakra and I organized my thoughts in resonance with what those energies represented and if you look at the you know the contents and the chapter headings they are my interpretations or my translations from the the chakra system into design into the design world into the human-centered design world so that was the process I went through to be able to organize all of the things that I wanted to say in some form of coherence, hopefully, in the book, this human. But I do want to read this la- these last few pages, which actually is all about energy. And now that you understand the underlying framework that is the organizing principle, this, these final few cha- pages might make, make more sense or might, you know, shed a different light perhaps on the book. Okay, so we are in the final final pages, page 202 in this human. And again, if you uh, don't have the book and you'd like to get yourself a copy, you can go to thishuman.com and there's a whole bunch of options for you to buy there, including, you know, all the normal places, you know, Amazons and all the all the bookstores. And if you're interested in getting involved in the in the community, we've created a community around this book called This Human Community, which is hosted on Mighty Networks. I'll put the link um, in the show notes below as well. Just a really amazing bunch of deep thinking, human-centered designers and, you know, people who have been in the industry for many, many years, people who are just starting out, people with design education, as in, you know, a traditional design tertiary qualification, people who do not, but all bound by an interest in humanity and doing their bit to you know create conditions for us all to thrive I guess and yeah so if you want to join that community you can do that and I'll put the link in the show notes as well but anyway back to back to the reading bit page 202 a word on flow although we speak of design as being a non-linear process 
Most existing models of design have a linearity about them. The most common model, the double diamond process, was created by the Design Council in 2005. It diverges, converges, then diverges and converges again as it progresses through four steps. Discover, define, develop and deliver. Experienced designers will understand that this model applies in the same form at different scales. It can be used to describe an overall project, but it also describes a process that can be followed for smaller tasks within the project. When creating, the direction of energy flow becomes very important. For me, the idea of inhaling and exhaling has always been present in the design process. Inhaling means taking information in, exhaling means presenting knowledge out. The double diamond model reflects this too. The divergence is the inhalation and the convergence is the exhalation. The content covered in this book can also be thought of as energy that flows upwards and downwards. Upward energy heads towards insight from the real world, from the real world to ideas and insights. Downward energy heads towards something manifested from ideas and insights to products or services in the real world. Upward can be seen as abstract and downward as concrete. Looking through this lens, we can engage with the content of the book a little differently. When we bring an idea into reality, we are moving from the abstract, an idea or an insight, to, a, to the concrete, a product or a service. Let's call this process design. When we uncover insights, we are starting from the observation of concrete things in the world and heading to the more abstract world of insights. Let's call this process research. The following diagram shows how these levels of energy flow match and change form depending on what you're doing. The content in this book can be used in both states of flow. In the downward state of flow, bringing something into reality, or the upward state of flow, moving from something tangible into insights or ideas. Now on page 203, there's, a, there's basically a diagram where I've relabeled, I guess, each of the, the chapters in line with the different energy flows. Um, so two, page 203, energy flows. Downward energy relates to bringing something into form. Upward energy relates to gaining insight. So on the left-hand side, there's the upward energy uh, flow, which I've referred to as research. When we uncover insights, we are starting from observations in the real world and heading to the more abstract world of insights. So moving from the bottom up, we might start with observation, gathering data from the real world, emotional understanding, using your heart to see beyond the data, intention, connections with the outcomes you're enabling and why, connections, connecting others with your work, communication, explaining what you are learning, visualization, building frameworks and models, and insights uncovering the human truth. So that is the uh, flow of research. Now, if we look at the flow of design, we might start with having an idea. So this is design action, so designing. I'm not talking about the end-to-end -end design process, which includes research, of course. So this is from insight into something existing in the world. So starting from the top, having an idea and generating more, and I've just labeled that a concept, then we move on to visualization, bringing form to the idea in your mind, 
communication, explaining your concept, connection, connecting others with your idea, intention, bringing energy and authority to your work, emotional design, designing for rational connection and desirability, prototyping and delivery, bringing your design into tangible form. So you'll notice that the the book itself is organized in the flow of design. So we start from insight, we finish in delivery. But using this sort of diagram on page 203 just opens up slightly different ways that are available to you to um, use the content so that it informs your design process in different ways. All right, page 204. If you're familiar with how human-centered design actually happens, you will know this is a cycle. We often begin with the research flow, starting from a problem that exists in the real world that we research and understand. The insights inform our ideas, which we then bring into reality. We test these ideas in the real world. They inform new insights. These insights lead to ideas that improve the design and around we go again. Just like the cycle described above, this book is your guide to an ongoing practice that will allow you to continue to grow who you are and what you are capable of. The best way to achieve this is to work on the internal processes that inform your thinking, your being, and ultimately your doing. This inner work focuses on learning to see the real truth and discovering clear insight. To do this, you'll need to become familiar with all the things that mess with your perceptions. You'll become an expert at hacking your own beliefs and discarding the ones that don't contribute to you doing your best work. You'll need your imagination to visualize something into existence, and then you'll need to communicate it clearly, strongly, and passionately. You'll need to know how to connect with people, not in a superficial, hi, how are you kind of way, but through genuine heart-to-heart connections. Ironically, in a time where we are more connected than ever before, we are losing the art of conversation, of looking into the eye of another and really seeing them. To create meaningful outcomes for people in the world, you need to know how to connect with them. The world needs this right now. And I was saying this in 2016, it's now 2021. And I would say it's, it's even more necessary after what everyone lived through and is continuing to live through. Your most important asset is going to be your energy. You are going to need lots of it. You'll need it to do your work, to inspire yourself and others around you, and to overcome resistance that will come your way. Your energy will be directed by your intention and the outcomes you're setting out to enable, and it will be fueled by your own free will. That's why it is so important to do what you love. It puts you in contact with a force so powerful that it overcomes and extinguishes that resistance. People who love what they do infect others with their passion and enthusiasm. Commit to finding that for yourself. This is the most important work you will do. And finally, you will make a difference when all those ideas get out of your head and make it into the real world. You'll need to know how to interface and interact with the current systems. You'll need to become fluent in the language of current paradigms, the status quo, so you can get the money, resources and support you need to do your work. This book will help you connect with the personal disciplines required to expand your character as a designer. 
It will reinforce the essential skills you need to bring great meaning to your work and make a significant and positive impact in the world. So that really is the final bit. That's the final full stop, as we call it in Australian. And, you know, the further pages are all about the references and further reading, which we've compiled for you. It's a combination of, you know, videos and articles and books. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited that I was able to share the the hidden framework actually with you all. And um, a little bit sad that this version of this human life, our podcast has finished because it really was quite enjoyable for me to read back over the work and explore how things are the same and how things may have changed. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Um, We're launching a a whole new theme, a whole new program on this human life in the next episode. So make sure you tune back in and listen to that. And of course, it's all around the same content. And if you want to explore working with me one-on-one, you can do that at (laughs) melissanova.com. And I really appreciate that you tune in and listen and I look forward to being with you next week. Take care. Bye.